Welcome to Ghostly. Do you believe in seances? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week, most of the time, because right now we are weekly until after Halloween. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is realish. And my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. And as always, we are your host. I'm Pat. And I'm Rebecca. So what's been going on, Rebecca? Well, we have been getting ready for an exciting month of Halloween fun. Yes. Now, us doing this weekly, uh, you know, it is like the best of times and the worst of times, right? <laughs> it's like, it's like, man, I love doing episodes for you guys, but man... We are doing a lot of research. <laughs> we are, we are, but we have some. We've we've got some fun stuff going on this we month. Do, yeah. Um, but you're going to tell us a lot more about the episode fun later. But I do want to remind everybody about the book club, which is going to happen later this month on October 29th. So Thursday before Halloween, we'll get dressed up. We're going to talk about a scary book, which. I'm going to say is actually pairing well with our topics for this month. Yeah. And people have already given us suggestions on what to dress up as. Oh, yes, that's true. If you are in Ghostly Society, you too can add your suggestions of what, how I should dress up this year. I'm thinking we should do Ren and Stimpy. Uh, We can talk about it. (laughs) You don't like that idea. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So do we have any listener mail before we begin? We do have listener mail. All right, let's hear it. All right. So our listener mail is from Jennifer. She says, I'm a new listener and have listened to all your podcasts that I could find on iHeartRadio. Shout out to iHeartRadio. iHeart. Though I have not had many experiences with the paranormal, which is good, I have always loved spooky things if I know they were not real. As a child, I have a large Italian family and spent so much time in their homes because the tradition of my family is it takes a family to raise a child. Let me preface that I only had one childhood experience that was very negative. Uh, A man approached me as a 10-year-old riding her bike and exposed himself to me and propositioned me, and I ran as fast as I could, told an adult, and called the police. After that, I was fairly guarded around men I did not know, understandably. Now, I know that was a difficult thing to read, and yeah. I, I thanked her for sharing that. And I, I, you know, I wanted to continue to share that, even though it's not ghostly and it's difficult to hear, but it's important for all of us to hear because that is a thing that happens that's scary in the real world. It's just, it doesn't make any sense to me, but no, okay. it's, it's pretty horrible. Um, so, anyways, just if you or anyone you know, if you ever hear a child tell you anything, you know, Call the police. Take it seriously. I feel bad for all victims out there. Okay. So do I. All right. That summer after it had happened, I spent a night at an aunt and uncle's home. This was a very religious household with two devout Catholics as residents. The morning after my night spent, as my aunt and uncle were getting ready, I went downstairs to the kitchen. It was a gorgeous, sunny summer morning, and I went to wait for breakfast. As I sat on the floor with my back up against the wall, mid-room, a white, smoky-slash-misty, terrifying face, almost skull-like, appeared to me and rushed toward me, and at my face, I put my arms up to shield myself and tightly closed my eyes. 
As I opened my eyes only about a split second later, it was gone. I raced back upstairs, sat on the stairs, waiting on my aunt and uncle, and did not speak a word about what had just happened. As a child, how, who would believe me and the home I was in, what would they think of me seeing such a sight, being as religious as they were? Mm. The second thing that happened that summer, I spent the night at my cousin's house. She was a mother of three young girls, two of which are twins. I thought I would spend the night and be a big help to her taking care of the young twins. It was late at night and I awoke in her spare room. The door was open and the hall light was on and I could hear her as she was tending to the twin babies. I could not see her around the corner, but I could hear her and see her shadow in the hallway. My eyes scanned to the corner of the room opposite the doorway, and there stood a man in a white tank top with cut-off shorts, and his arms were crossed in front of his chest. He just stood there, staring at me, and I stared back, and my eyes would glance over to the doorway, and I could see him, but also hear my cousin only around the corner from me in the other room. I was terrified and did not say a word. As an adult and now knowing about sleep paralysis, I do not think that was it. I remember I could not move due to my fear, but I know I could move my legs, arms, etc. as he stood there, and he did not move. I finally mustered enough guts and got up and darted out of the room around the corner into the room where my cousin was with her babies. I ran around into the room and hid behind the baby dressing table and told her about the man in the other room staring at me. She was freaked out, needless to say, and went around the corner, turned on the light, and there was no one there. I slept the rest of the night in her bed with her. I have not had any other things personally happen to me. I am more of a believer, but a guarded believer. Whether these things were only in my mind or not, and not real, I do not know. All I know is as I sit here as a 50-year-old woman, these images and memories are still very haunting. The rest of the summer, I did not spend a night anywhere else till much later in the year, understandably. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, thank you so much, uh, Jennifer. We really appreciate you um, being so candid in your uh, listener mail here. And it's important that it's something that we you know, talk about, and I'm glad you brought it up. And the other part just sounds horrific. And uh, as a child, I can see that definitely being something that would weigh on you Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the mist thing is very odd. Yeah, it is definitely. I mean, the, obviously the man in the corner is also odd. Um, but you could think of potentially non-paranormal reasons, I suppose, or could have actually been a person there. Um, yeah. But interesting. Well, uh, thank you, Jennifer. And uh, Rebecca, you know what weighs on me every time we do an episode? <laughs> What's that? The polls. <gasps> I never like this part. Even when you win? I never know I'm going to win until after you say it. Ah, I see, I see. You know, this is always the worst possible time. Wow. So, yeah, let's just skip them. Nope, never can do that. Well, I mean, come on. We're going to be doing weekly, so we don't need to do poll results every single week. No, we do. We really do. Uh, (laughs) All right. What are the... No. What are the polls? All right. So this was a little quicker turnaround for this one because we yes. did just do a new episode last week. Uh, so our last episode was about the old Joliet prison. And the question was, is Joliet prison haunted? Uh, 
80% said yes, and yeah. 20% said no for this one. I think it had to do with the video that you posted. Again, if you are in Ghostly Society, you will see the video that uh, I took while Pat and I were at uh, outside the old Juliet prison. What's funny is that I don't even know if I would have noticed it except for the fact that you pointed it out to me and you were really like i don't, I don't understand there's no cars here like you were a little it was creeped it out was, by it i was not creeped out at that time i was creeped out after you told me that there was no electricity which going back and looking at the video there's plenty of electricity in that building well there's electricity in the like guardhouse opening building but that is a different building that is right next to the building it like um, it, it touches it well here's the thing i'm sure there's electricity i mean i should say there's wiring for electricity in that building that doesn't mean it's turned on and a paranormal energy maybe is turning it on that's my conclusion is that it was turned on so anyways anyways uh, all, so right, all right all right i think if people be. knew the truth maybe they would have voted differently but there was a really quick turnaround although we did get a lot of actual votes we did we did so, so keep it up this month yeah all right so we're gonna get right into this um This is going to be a crazy month. We're going to be talking about seances, and we're so, so excited about this. Uh, the history of the desire to talk to the dead. I would say it's probably as old as humans have existed. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's human nature. You know, you yearn for that one last message from our loved ones. I know, you know, when my father passed away, that was the one thing I wanted, just one more message from him. For these episodes, though, we're going to define a seance as one way of communicating with the dead that involves a medium. Although Ouija boards, pendulums, and other means can be used uh, for the same thing, and they lessen the need for a medium, that's not exactly what we're talking about in these episodes, right? Right. This is us talking about a medium conducting um, a session where they're reaching out and bringing messages back. Absolutely. Uh, It's impossible to track when people started sitting in a circle and talking with the dead, though. The word itself is French and is similar to a session uh, or a sitting. But the first known reference in literature uh, that I could find is a book written by George Lyttelton from 1760. So uh, that's the first time I I can find any kind of reference to that particular kind of seance. I would probably date the practice that are still followed today uh, with seances to be um, to come from around the spiritualist movement, but I don't know for sure. So a medium is kind of like the dead's liaison, right? That's how I view it. Mm -hmm, I Uh, like that. Yeah, so they concentrate or meditate on the dead and relay messages to the living. So these episodes are not going to follow the typical ghostly formula. 
where we lay out the history and do a debate in each episode. We're going to save that for uh, our last episode of the month, which comes out on the 28th. Yes. The day before our book club. Mm -hmm. The reason why is because this topic is just so big that we need time to do all the talking points and we need to think about things a little bit more. Uh, In these episodes, we will look at some of the well-known believers and a well-known skeptic, uh, just to make things more fair. Yes. I think with the exorcist ones, we didn't really have a um, like a skeptic side to that. That's true. So this time we will. Okay. We will definitely have that. Uh, each week, we will still have polls, though. Uh, we decided that these polls are to measure our initial thoughts and thoughts throughout our investigation. So we want to see what you guys think in the beginning and then see what happens at the end. Absolutely. And then we've got some some specific things we're going to, stories we're going to go into in the middle. And, Which uh, we might debate a little bit. I, th- I think so. Yeah. And we'll definitely want to hear your feedback on those. This week, we have an interview with Mahala D. Bacon, THD. She's, I think, doctorate in theology, I believe. Theologian, yeah. Yeah. She's a medium um, that we first met, right, at um, an event we went to with Hands on Paranormal yeah. at the church where she is a senior pastor, uh, the Evangelical Spiritual Church. Yeah. Yeah. Evangelical uh, Spiritual Church. There yeah, you go. We met her there. Yeah, we did. And uh, she is a well-known medium, not only in the Chicago area, but around the world as the president of the United Spiritual Council of Nations. Wow. So yeah. like the UN of spiritualist. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I I guess and I think she has like she she'll she mentions a couple of other organizations she's involved with I think in the yeah. interview. So um yeah. she she's uh, well known. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of experience. And we thought because of that maybe we should keep me out of the interview <laughs> process. Um and Rebecca focused on the interview and did a great job. Thank you. Uh, so what's very interesting about Mahela, though, is that um, she's done her seances in conjunction with paranormal investigators. And she's like very open to that concept. So we really wanted to get her on the show because uh, I'm not sure that any other medium would allow something like that. And that really fits into our ghostly paranormal idea then. Yeah, she's definitely open to those two things together. And I think Which that, is so cool. Yeah. I really, really appreciate that. She's not a single practitioner that just it's well, I mean, she is, but you know, she's open to working with other people and, yeah. and letting other people be in her space. Yeah. yeah. And she's worked with uh some of the people that we've already had on the show. Yeah. So uh all right, let's go ahead. We're gonna take a break and then we'll play that interview for you guys. And then we're going to take another break after the interview, because it's a long one, and come back, and we're going to talk about our initial thoughts. Sounds good. Hey, guys. This is Eric and Jessica Carrier, the hosts of the Prairie Land Paranormal Podcast. If you're looking for a show that explores all things paranormal with dramatic storytelling, historical research, relevant science, and witness accounts, check out our show online at www.prairielandparanormalpodcast.com or through your favorite podcast player. 
Well, you know, before we get too much further, why don't we um, introduce you and just you can maybe give us a little bit of background and then um, we can maybe talk more about the seances and what you do and how you do it and what happens and and all of that. So, um, so yeah, so do you want to... Uh, so Okay, my name is yeah. Mihaela Bacon. I'm the pastor of the Evangelical Spiritual Church, which is a spiritualist church. And I also have a doctorate in, um, you know, religion. Mm-hmm. I'm a theologian. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a secular doc- doctorate in theolo- theology. So that's a little different yes. than what most people are used to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got a strong background in science, mm-hmm. uh, a very strong background in science. And so uh, energy is a, is a big thing to me. And, of course, everything's about energy. And I do classes on Zoom. I have seances on Zoom. And they have turned out real well when they wanted the first seance. I said, okay, okay. yeah, <laughs> do that. <laughs> and it was great. And sometimes on Zoom, I see things behind people. I take little pictures of them and, you know, it's great. Wow. Oh, that's it's so great. interesting. And we, you know, we do readings on Zoom because there's no distance, you know, when right. you're in the world of spirit or when you're in the the upper world, you know, you're, you're right there. And we do, uh, we do healing. We do dissonant healing on Zoom. Oh, wow. How, so, that's amazing. So we do a lot of things on Zoom. I've just kind of carried the practices over. Yeah. And when did you start doing this kind of work? Um, <clears throat> I've been doing it since my 20s. Okay. And um, I'm 69. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What got you into it? How did you start? Uh, my family was holistic. They uh, went to the Unity Church. Mm-hmm. And that's the concept of, of holistic things. And my grandmother used to sit with the Fillmores, who are the founders of uh, Unity Church in seances. Oh. And my other grandma on, on my, my grandfather's side, she, um, what she did was she was good friends with Mary Baker Eddy for uh, Christian science. So I've got a huge, you know, just was raised in, in all kinds of stuff like this. And uh, I don't remember ever not being able to see. What I do remember is realizing that somebody else didn't see what I could see. And I was, I was maybe early teens when I, when I understood that. Cause I remember saying to a friend, she was going to do something. And I said, I, I don't think that's a good idea. You know, look, look at, look at where you're going to go here. You know? And I said, this is where that's going to take you that concept. And she, I said, don't you see that? You know, I said, are you stupid? <laughs> <laughs> are you stupid? And she said, no, I don't think I'm stupid. But to me, it looked like mm-hmm. she was stupid. Mm-hmm. And and so today I understand that maybe I'm seeing something that you're not, or I'm feeling something, or I have uh, an idea about something that you're not. And we all do this. <clears throat> I, you probably don't have any children yet, but when you have children, you know, you will, you will look at them and you will know, you will know something's not right or something's good. You just know, and that's using your intuition. Mm-hmm. That's using it. We all use it. 
But most of us are trained from, from our parents' needs that their needs, their wants, and their ideas are more important because they do have bills to pay. They've got to keep a roof over our heads. They've got to do all those things. So when we break our dolly's arm and we're crying, they, they I'm going to buy you a new one. Come on, you got to get to preschool or come on, you got to, you know, I got to get you to the sitters. And so internally, Many of us just learn that that what I'm feeling and what I'm thinking isn't as important as what they're thinking. Of course, that's not what they're trying to get across. They're on a time frame. But um, so we deny those feelings. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like uh, so then is it that in your mind that like everyone is sensitive or has the ability or do you think some people maybe are born with a more sensitivity? Everyone has the ability Maybe some people have more sensitivity than others, but I do believe that uh, conditions help the sensitivity. Mm-hmm. I certainly wasn't shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, uh, my parents were aware of things like this and it was okay with them. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't taught to be afraid. I wasn't taught that it, that it was, uh, you know, it was the work of the devil. I wasn't taught any of those things. I just could be who I was and it would be okay. But a lot of people are taught differently than I was. So, so if you're not being acceptable at a very young age into your primal community, mm-hmm. you're going to, you're going to do what they tell you to do. And then you're not going to uh, be too open about it. Gotcha. Yeah. And do, do you see things or is it more a feeling for you? It's a combination of a lot of things. Um, I see a lot. I actually see in my mind's eye a lot. Sometimes I see pictures. Sometimes I see little videos, uh, short little videos. Um, sometimes I feel things. Sometimes I sense things. Sometimes I can smell something, mm-hmm. you know, even occasionally I don't do this often, but I can taste stuff. Sometimes I can look at your body and I can just say, Oh my God, you know, I mean, you, and you pull all those senses together. It's not like you, you know, you, you do them independently. You pull all your physical senses together. That would be your knowledge and your your ability to touch, feel, taste. And and, and your clearer senses are nothing more than your physical senses on another octave. Gotcha. Okay. And, and you pull them all together. And that's how you do a reading. And it takes years to learn how to be a good reader. Well, that was going to be my next question. What do you think? It, what does it mean to be a, a medium? A and medium? what doesn't it mean? Okay. A psychic? <laughs> Is somebody, and, and you know, I, I don't even like to talk about this because I, I don't even know if, if I even go along with this anymore. Sure. But a psychic, according to Hoyle, <laughs> a psychic is somebody that gives you readings on this plane. Okay. You know, okay, be careful of the green truck that you're going to see tomorrow because it's going to pull out in front of you. Mm-hmm. A medium will say, Oh, honey, your grandmother's with you. You're awfully young to have lost a grandmother, but I see a grandmother with you. So they're peering into the spirit world. But spirit gives us our information. Ah. So I, you know, there's a real fine line there if there's a line. Sometimes I'll do a reading uh, for somebody that comes to me, and it'll be strictly in this world. You know, I see you buying a new house, and... and uh, 
I like where you're going to move. Are you thinking about moving? No, but I see you moving in about six months or so. Well, you know, I was talking about that. Mm-hmm. The rest of my case. That has nothing to do with seeing grandma cooking. Right. Okay. You know, and, but yet I'm getting my information because I'm peering into another dimension. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's been something that I've, uh, been thinking more about lately just the there's a there's like a slight difference but they're very connected that idea of future fortune telling I got you know for lack of a, a better word for that you know versus seeing you know into other dimensions or areas when you, you know do fortune telling or when you do a crystal ball or when you do readings mm-hmm. what you're doing is you have a focus mm. that's all you're using it for is a focus. You can gaze into a ball and maybe you're going to you're going to see movement, maybe you're going to see a picture, maybe you're going to see a word. You know, it's a focus. And um they work very well. I have nothing against them. I teach my students that. I do not teach my students that there's something wrong with being a psychic and something really great about being a medium. And I think that's what a lot of people like to do. And and the channel, I channel Archangel Michael. I'm going to tell you what, when I'm in trouble and I've got myself in a mess and, and I'm looking for an out, I don't say, oh, wait a minute, who's giving me my information on this? I don't care. If it's better information than's going on inside of me, I'm using it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good so, way to you know, Oh, dear God, oh, dear God, help me. And when something comes, I'm not going to ask who is it and, and, and what did you do here on earth or did you ever even live here? I mean, I, I'm not going to do that stuff. Sure. I'm going to take it and run. Mm-hmm. Um, so then wh- how does a seance fit into that work? Is that more of the seeing the other side right. or... Right. People come to seances, especially to get messages from the other side. That's why they're coming. That's why they come to me or to any other medium. And uh, typically you, you say a prayer, you know, a lot of people call it the prayer protection. You just say a prayer and then you open up your seance. It should never be more than 45 minutes to, to an hour and 15 minutes. That, you know, that's somewhere in that frame of time should work. And then what I do is, is I start throwing out things that I see. Oh, I see a man coming into the room. He's got gym shoes over his shoulder. I believe he was a runner, but he's a young man. And I, I, I feel that he's a child of one of the you people, he's got lighter hair, you know, and somebody might identify him or they might not identify him, you know, and then I move on. Um, But at the end, what I always do at the end is everybody gets a reading from me. Okay. You know, I give everybody a reading because everybody came for a reading. Everybody came for something and you don't want your people to walk away empty handed. So what I tell them at the beginning of my seances is everybody will get a reading who's here tonight. Now, if I don't come to you or I don't bring somebody you're looking for, then I want you to tell me who you're looking for. And if I give you a description or an identification and it doesn't match, don't make it match because that isn't who I have. I am going to do my best to please you, but I'm going to give you what I have. And if I don't have who you're looking for, 
then maybe there's a message coming in you need or whatever. Mm, gotcha. So, and then of course we close with a prayer and that's mm-hmm. the end of the circle. And we, and we sit in a circle generally. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to ask too. And it's so interesting because you talked about zoom is like, is there a physical, you know, certain, like, so we're sitting in a circle. Is there a, is there a crystal ball? Is there a, you know, a spirit I, board, you know, well, what, are there any what I use is, uh, you know, and the, and the, the people, you, a lot of times I do uh, people that are, you know, that are, are very well versed in this and, and have their own uh, uh, investigation teams mm-hmm. and they'll bring their instruments and their, you know, all their stuff and they set it around and, and that's fun. Mm-hmm. You know, that's fun. I like that. Uh, but I generally, if I'm doing one here, I'll put out what we call trumpets. Back in the old days, they had trumpets. They were like metal dunsets, tall dunsets. And um, back in the olden days, they used to hold them. You know, you could see them flying in the air. I've never seen one fly around. But I will tell you, back in 2000, when did we have the uh, the twin tire towers? Oh, 2001. 2001. Right. 2000. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. That's so yeah, sad. I know. I know. I, it, you know, like, <laughs> you're too young for that. Oh, no, and, I'm uh, not. <laughs> uh, anyway, I had a class the night before it happened mm-hmm. and the trumpets, I swear to you were on fire. And I said to the class, these trumpets are on fire. And, and I, you know, I don't like the feeling. I don't, something's really wrong. And then early the next morning, I woke up to that. Now, I did not know that the twin tire towers were going to be on fire because planes ran into them. I did not have that information, but I knew something was wrong. And that's documented. Wow. Oh, that's so So, interesting. Yeah. And right before we had the crash in 2000, 2008, yeah. Yeah, right before that, I called my financial advisor and I said, I want all the money for the church taken out. And he says, why, Mahela? And I said, "It's you know, this is going to go down. And he says, well, we're doing pretty good, you know. And I had left it in for quite a while because it was slowly going down. And I pulled it out just before it really bottomed out. So, and, and that was a feeling, you know, it's just something, something I wanted to do a little bit before that, but then it was just nagging at me. Those nagging feelings you really need to pay attention to. Sure. Absolutely. And, wow. And you may have it, you may have it twisted. You may have it mixed up, but those feelings are there for a reason and you need to pay attention to them and act on them because it's easier for the spirit to move you if you're moving around than sitting in a chair. Ah, that's an intro. Oh, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to remember that. I like that. That's good. That's good. I, mean, I think sometimes I, I need that push, you know, to, to right. act because it's easy to be safe uh, and, and kind of keep, keep yourself in the same place. Um, but then, you know, I, I, what I try to do sometimes for myself is I know if there's something I want to do and it scares me a little, not that it makes me, you know, I'm not terrified. I'm not, but I'm, but I'm nervous. So maybe that's a, a better word. I'm nervous about it. That's probably what I should do. You know, that's probably the direction I should go, but I have to make myself that little bit uncomfortable, like to get you myself to move. it. You gotta move. Yeah. You, you know, follow those really nagging hunches. Mm-hmm. If it's to get gas before you, before you 
go home at night because the next morning you get up, you're running late, it's a snowstorm, and there's a line at the gas station. You know, if you don't follow the small things that the spirit gives you, why would you think they give you something really big? That's a great point. That's a real, yeah. Very so, interesting. yeah. So, so, you know, the spirit works with us, you know, it, it's not only about seances. It's not only about scary stuff. It's about, they work with us for the betterment of us. And the more open-minded we are, the more knowledge we have about, about how to communicate with the universe. It's a language and the, and then that language is not English. Mm. And, and, you know, it, it, you, the more, the better off we are. But when we do seances, um, I get a lot of questions about, well, do, do entities attach to me? I, I, I picked up an entity, you know, and I'm just looking at them like, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, entities will attach to you. It can happen. But the only way, the only way an entity can attach to you is if there's a light vibration and vibrations travel in straight lines, like microwaves, those waves travel in straight lines. So, you know, I am sure John Wayne Gacy is not going to attach himself to you. I'm sure of it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you have nothing in common with that man. Right. Right. Okay. You know, and, and if I'm doing a seance and you're hoping Elvis Presley comes in he probably isn't going to do that because Priscilla isn't here. Now, if you are an impersonator and you're doing some of his work and maybe you're really good and he wants you to do something slightly different, there's a chance that he'll come in. There's a reason for it. There's a common denominator. Mm-hmm. That makes you sense. have to have, and, and, and it's like this, you know, it's just not one vibration. We got lots of vibrations going on. That's why you keep your thoughts good Mm. and it won't be long before we will be communicating telepathically i have in my write a prophecy every year and i have in my prophecy we by 2040s we will be communicating telepathically interesting i wonder if technology will be a part of that but technology already is how many times you text on your phone and it finishes the word for you right the next word well, yeah. well, you know, that, that's a computer. I mean, it, it's, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. Watson, no, it's... Watson is doing a good job. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so does it matter? And this is interesting, kind of leading into my next question, which was, does it matter who's at a seance? Like, if you have someone... Not that is like, so I'm sure more often you have people that are excited, you know, maybe overly excited, um, but you ever get people that, you know, maybe it's somebody's significant other that was kind of dragged there or something I, where maybe they have I that. I have a cute little story about that. <laughs> I have a little gal that came in from Indianapolis, her and her girlfriend, and they both wanted to come and then came time for the seance. And she was out in the car trying and then she came into church crying. And I said, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and she's. Well, uh, uh, I'm scared. And then I, I said, you know what? If you're scared, go out in the car and wait. I, I don't put up with things like that. I, you know, I, I, I try to be compassionate. I, I'm a firm believer. You're kind to the spirit, but I'm not going to put up with that because there's something wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And I don't own it and nobody in there owns it. So it's time for them to remove themselves. So she's finally pulled herself together and she stayed. And so I'm I'm doing my read. And the very first thing that came to me was I saw a father 
with angel wings, like this big angel, white angel, but it was her father. I could feel his face and see his face putting his arms around her. And that, and and that's all I had for her. And I said, you know, I'm really sorry, but that is what I have for you. And and I'm giving it to you. And I went on. And then of course, when I went around to, and and if she would have talked to me about it, if she would have said, oh my God, I, I, you know, that's my dad or, or whatever, because I told her it was her father. And, but she didn't, she acted as if, okay, you know, so it was okay with me too. And then when I went around to give everybody an individual reading, when I came to her, uh, once again, that's all I saw. So, so, yeah, I don't know who she wanted to hear from. I forget now. And I just said, this is what I see. I am so sorry, but it's the only thing I'm getting for you. And, and I hope it can mean something to you at least someday. After it was all over with and people are leaving, she came up to me. She said, can you give me, can you tell me what else that, what my, else my father said? My whole way here, I was praying that he'd come and see me because I wanted him to take care of me. Oh, well, you could have said that the other two times. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I get a lot of that stuff. Yeah. You know, and, and that, you know, I trust the spirit. I know they're giving me good information. So I just move on. And then afterwards they want me to remember and I don't remember. It's not for me. It's for them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so would you have, is that, uh, what's a, do you have another memorable seance that you've, you've done before that? I mean, obviously I think the, you know, the 2000, you know, the September 11th one is pretty, I mean, you know, um, uh, big, but any I others? Do, I, I do a lot of seances. Uh, one of the guys from one of the big investigation groups in the Midwest uh, he was part of a seance, and I had told him, I see a dog. His name is Dog or Dag or, or something like that. I don't know what his name is, but it's a dog, and he's with you. And that night when they did their investigation, because I do my seances first, mm-hmm. and when they did their investigation and they had uh, their voice boxes and all the things going on, the dog came through. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's well, so I thought beautiful. that was kind of cool. I thought that, that is was very cool. cool. I like it. Uh, so do you ever, have you ever done a seance where the goal was to, to call a particular spirit? You know, maybe someone's house is haunted or I, whatever, you know, something yeah, where you were. haunted houses. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the most natural thing the, the the way of the spirit is when you leave the body, you move on. And um, that's my medicine. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I was like, I, got, I have to please medicine. tell me that's on something time. that's actually happening. <laughs> on time at eight o'clock. Uh, and I just took it. Yeah. So anyway, um, um, I go to houses and I do find impressions or I do find, you know, I, I, I do see things and generally, um, generally you can kind of figure it out if you understand the psychology of the spirit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a lot of times if it's a spirit, I'm not too fond of, and, and they're around, which means there's a, there's a like vibration there. So you really have to work with the person. Now, when you use sage, you know, you can clear the spirits out 
Indians have been doing it for eons. Mm-hmm. You use sage and everybody goes, the good ones, the bad ones. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what sage does in that realm, but mm-hmm. obviously it has, it affects them and everybody goes, you know, like for two weeks, <laughs> you, know, you know, I have a spirit yeah. rolling around, right. but they're going to come back if that like vibration or somebody like them mm. will come back. Okay. So you really, you know, the, 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 the teacher in me, the psychologist in me, you know, uh, wants to work with the person to elevate that, that imprint that they fit into. And, and they can be the nicest, sweetest person in the world, but maybe something deep inside, you know, that, that attracts, you know, something that's not as positive as they might want. But there are such a thing as attachments. There are such a thing as that Mm -hmm. happening and, um, you know, you're not going to hang around somebody that's 90 years old and has nothing in common with you unless it's your grandpa, right? Right. Rest my case. Yeah. Well, I know, our, you know, when we interviewed the the exorcist, as I mentioned last year, you know, that was part of what he said, too, is a lot of times it's, you know, when you see somebody that maybe is taking their life down a, a path that isn't good for them, you know, that that can sometimes open them up to absolutely spirits and things that you know drugs, can, can, alcohol, can cause issues yeah drugs exactly. alcohol uh, all, all of the vices that we overeating can open you up mm, interesting you know i mean things that that you think oh yo she said it got an addiction with eating well there's something wrong with that mm-hmm. you know sure. something's not right sure so any addiction can open you up and uh people that are challenged mentally mm-hmm. Uh, it can open them up, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things because there's, there's, there's pockets or holes, you know, and, and, and it's hard for them to, it's, it's hard for them to elevate those thoughts to keep it out. Uh, I had a man, I had a man, he was a parishioner and he would wear headphones and listen to loud music. So he couldn't hear the voices. I mean, my heart broke for him it absolutely broke for him and back then they didn't have the medicines that they had now to help sure sure I mean it's 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 like a it's like a life condemned to hell yeah absolutely oh I mean it's it's so there's there's all kinds of stuff that Mm -hmm. that you know but fortunately it's not you know (laughs) fortunately the masses aren't there sure Sure. Now, would you say a seance, like, could anyone do a seance? So if if I was, you know, if I lived in a haunted house and I wanted to to do a seance or, or just my friends, you know, we're like, oh, let's try it. Um, Or, you know, or maybe we're more serious, right? And we want to do it. Um, Would you say like anyone could do it? Should they go through training first? Um, Do you need need someone that's trained as a medium, I guess we'll say? Anybody could do it. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be like a puppy without a leash. <laughs> God bless you, honey, because I have no idea what's going to come along. Right. You trust me. You trust that I'm going to have the insight to protect you and take care of you. You're open to me. Your heart is open. You've given me a lot of power. 
So a bunch of kids get together and, and, you know, people like me in high school and junior high and college, we all did it. And you get together and you stand in front of the mirror and you ask for Mary, whatever her name is, and turn off the lights and you do seances and, and, uh, you know, I'm surprised, I'm surprised I survived all that mess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you can do it. Anybody can do it, Mm -hmm. but you're going to be like a puppy without a leash because you've had no training. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any any famous um mediums that you admire or have read about or are interesting? I, you know, I I really like um a, a current medium is John Edwards and I'm going to tell you why I like him. He knows how to work a crowd. <laughs> he does. And he he keeps everybody involved, even if he's reading for one person and he doesn't read for them so long that everybody else gets bored. Mm. I have been in, I have been in public meetings where they've read, people have paid enormous amount of monies. There's, there's only maybe 30 people there mm-hmm. and they've read for five people in two hours. Who wants to listen to that mess? Yeah. You that know, but John Edwards works a crowd. He's an educator. You know, and if you can't educate somebody while you're working with them and reading for them, then I don't think you've done a good job. Mm -hmm. You're going to walk away from this podcast knowing a little bit more than when you walked in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's our goal. Always, you know, we want to, we want to learn, you know. James Van Prague, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you've got the pioneers of spiritualism like uh, Swedenborg. And he was the first intellectual somebody that had education that supported spiritualism and now spiritualism has come a long ways and even i'm president of a national uh spiritualist association and i'm starting to update the education so it's more on a college level than a uh, you know than a school level so they've come a long ways They've, they've come a real long ways but they've still got a long ways to go. Uh, people that are uh, spiritually inclined, you know, uh, they at least work with the atmosphere of spirits. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know how many of them go into doing the seances and things like that. But seances can be productive. You know, when you tell me, I just need closure, Mahila, I just need closure. When I'm doing a reading, my mom, I just need closure. You don't need closure. You need to understand your mom is all right and she's moving on. That's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. You're not looking for me to say, well, she's dead and uh, I just put closure on it. I mean, come on. Right, you right. Know, and and when we start to understand the psychology of the person that's hurting and we can bring them comfort, that's a great healing. The healing of the mind is the greatest healing you can give. And it's in the hands of the medium often. Yeah. You know, I, I go to, you know, I do funerals. I'm a minister. I do funerals. And I, I've, I've been with mothers that's lost their children. I've been with children that's lost their parents. I, I've done military funerals. I mean, you know, I've done every kind of funeral you can imagine. And and you're there not to just walk in and say a few cute little words and walk out. You're there to be with the people because everybody has a story to tell you. Everybody wants to talk to you. Everybody Everybody loved this person. And that person, of course, is there. Mm. 
you know, so mediumship isn't just about the circle. It's about the healing of the mind. Mm. That's pretty, that's, that's, that's really a sweet way to think about it. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when I get an impression on something, where do you think I'm getting it? You think my mind's making it up? I'm not smart enough to do that. And I'm a pretty <laughs> smart gal, and I'm not smart enough to do it. You know, the, the spirit gives me information. It's a way of life. It's not that I wake up this morning, I'm going to do a reading. I wake up this morning, and it's my way of life. It's who I am. It's incorporated. If you ask me what I think the weather is going to be in 10 days, you know, I, I might give you some answer. You know, uh-huh. I, I might tell you, well, how would I? Know? <laughs> but if I give you an answer, you're getting a reading. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, I know any, any, I think I'm, I'm out of my questions. Um, but if there's an, is there anything else you'd want to share about seances? Um, and then I'll give you a chance, of course, to talk about, um, you know, your, your church and, and all the, the services you offer, you know, we can let, let, uh, our, our listeners know, but um, anything else on, on seances that we should? That's to remind me to take my medicine. Ah, there you go. <laughs> um, seances, I believe, are designed to be a beautiful thing. I don't believe that they're designed to scare you. I don't believe that they're designed to be creepy. Um, my seances are designed to bring you information that at this time might seem like a miracle to you, but a miracle is only something I can do that you're not doing yet. That's it. That's what a miracle is. And um, I'm. it's designed to bring comfort. It's designed to bring answers. Should I sell my house this year or next year? It's designed to help you come together and bring answers. What the, what do you feel about this cancer I have? I'm so scared I'm going to die. It's designed to help you bring answers. It's designed to heal the mind. It's designed to help people feel whole with the universe. And it might be the very first experience of that feeling whole. And that's what's been placed in the medium's hands. Mm-hmm. And I would think, too, maybe seances would be a, for a lot of people maybe a first opportunity to have that experience because they're oh I'm with a group you know it's it's you know I could see people being more open instead of what like a one-on-one appointment you know as a you know they might be more open to going to something where oh I'll be with a group and you know maybe there'll be some of it'll be focused on me but it won't all be focused on me and I get so a that's lot of, kind of like a safer space or something you know I, for get, that. I get a lot of um People that say, I'm scared. Is this going to be scary? And I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. uh, I'm not going to try to make it scary for you. <laughs> you know. And the other thing that you have to remember, you've got to be informative. Mm-hmm. You've got to be concise. And you've got to be brief. If you're talking 20 minutes to somebody, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just grabbing at words, hoping you hit on the nail. Yeah. You know, I mean, we covered a lot tonight. Mm-hmm. A lot. We did. <laughs> we got there a lot. Because it's concise and, uh, and, and I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I might have not have been as brief as I would in a seance, but it, it wasn't long drawn out conversation. It's Absolutely. explaining every little detail. Sure, sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if people are interested, um, you know, maybe tell us a little bit about where they can find you and what kind of um, uh, classes that you, you offer. Uh, I, I saw I offer, I offer six classes a week on Zoom and um, I'll be opening up a minister's class that's a six-month class in uh, January. Okay. You can find me on Zoom. Um, my my website is the United Spiritual Council dot org. Yep. And I have I have all kinds of classes on there, all kinds of videos on there. There's a lot of education on that website for you. Um, I do private readings, I do group readings, and I I do uh, platform work like John Edwards does. I, I travel all over the United States, have been all over the, the United States doing this work, and I've been doing it for years and years, and we're just not going to go into the next years. <laughs> yeah. we'll um, I don't know what else to tell you about myself. Yeah. My name is Mahela Bacon, and I'm all over the web. You can Google me and find me. Yeah. I am the president of the Independent Spiritualist Association of the United States of America, and I am the founder of the United Spiritual Council of Nations. My council is international, and uh, the ISA is national. Okay. All right. So, well, and I'll put links to all of that, too, in our show notes you know, for this episode. So if anyone wants to, to go find the link to your website, and we'll link. share it on all of our social media as well. Yeah. Put a link to hands-on paranormal. Okay. That's paranormal.com. That's my student. I do a lot of work for him. I, and all three of those, I do the websites for. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And, and actually, um, you know, listeners, we had an episode, I, th- I think it was last year or even last spray a year ago spring um where we we did post a video um of some of the things that we that we did and 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 i think it was part of an episode too so um it, it's a great experience so if you're in the chicago area um yeah definitely check out that hands on paranormal um dot com because there's they do great events yeah yeah and you really Julius, feel like you're a part of things yeah you know? yeah julius julius and tony tony is marvelous i was sitting i was sitting downstairs he was doing an investigation he was responsible for this particular investigation and he he oh no we were doing a filming that's what we were doing that's why i was downstairs mm-hmm. and tony had the doll raggedy andy or whatever mm-hmm. and uh uh Mar- who is it maribel annabelle and oh, yeah. so tony told the spirit if you're here turn on the red flashlight they turned on the, the silver one if you're here, turn off the flashlight. They turned on the red one. I mean, it was so much fun. And then we were using the echo box. I've had a daughter that died. And we were using the echo box. And uh, first, all we heard was prison, prison. Of course, everybody's saying, oh, are you from prison? Were you in prison? No, who is this? Who is this? And I'm sitting back. I'm kind of, I'm sitting back because I'm the owner of the building. I, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm Julius's partner. And I'm sitting back and I'm thinking, Tom, is this you? Yes. And he was my husband who has died. And he was the administrator over at Stateville for like 30 years. Oh, wow. And then a little bit later, we're sitting there and we're sitting there. 
and and they're they're doing their filming and asking questions in the spirit boxes. Hi, mom. What is it, Missy? Is that you? Yep. And then and then when she left, as clear as you want to hear it, she says, "I love you, mom." Oh. You know, so there's. I mean. There's just so much that can happen. And those are things that aren't made up. They were clear. A lot of things that they get on their instruments are very clear. The instruments are getting better. Yes. And, and the veil is getting lighter. And mm-hmm. we're starting to peer through that. Well, if we're going to be communing, communicating telepathically in the next 20 years or so, something's got to change because our dense oh. mind can't do it. Right. Well, I, you know, so that's where, you know, Neil, um, who kind of helped connect us uh, to you for this, um, you know, we just did an interview with them about the country house and they talked about their, their spirit box and how it uses newer technology, you know, so that you're not hearing the crackle of the radio, you know, it's, it's more of the internet. And so again, that technology is actually helping us Right, and able to hear and reach more. He, I was, I did one of his events. I was doing readings at one of his events last year, and he had some new technology. And we were standing by the box, and my daughter came through. My daughter likes technology. That's what Mm -hmm. she likes to come through on. She likes Mm -hmm. it, and she came through on that. But Neil, Neil has a forward-thinking mind. So he not only thinks about, oh, you know, there's a spirit out there. He's thinking about the functionality. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the purpose and what is our purpose and how we, you know, I mean, he can go on and on. And that's the kind of mind you look for to follow. Mm-hmm. Because he's going to keep you on your toes and he's going to push you forward. Mm-hmm. Because, and that's that's what it's all about. People like Neil, people like Julius, you know, mm-hmm. people like Tony. You know, yeah. Tony's still young enough that, you know, he... You know, he, he's into a lot of really neat stuff. He is. He's our, we, you know, he's um, did a whole episode for us um, on the Eastland. Um, he did an interview for us and it's just, he's so great to listen to, uh, you know. He's knowledgeable. It's so knowledgeable. He's made it his business to know. Yes, definitely. <laughs> you know, so, and I think a lot of Tony, he works out of the church a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think a lot of him. Yeah, we took one of his tours, his bus tours, and it was immediate, like, oh, this we need to know this person and we need to work with him and involve, you know, get involved with with him and what he does. So, you know, he's he's great. Yeah. yeah. Tony's gonna be doing tours on Thursday night here at the church. He's gonna be Ursula. Oh, Ursula. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ursula is, she's the one that's going to own the tour, but Tony is going to do the tour here on Thursday night, every Thursday night, starting next Thursday until I think it's maybe the 5th or 6th of November. Okay. And I think it's a three hour tour here. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. It'll be a good Halloween time. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, they're, they're doing that here and, um, Tony will be the guide Okay, for that. And, uh, if anybody's interested, uh, I, you should get some evidence. Everybody does. I, yeah. I, I can know. attest to that. <laughs> we did. Well, you should get some evidence. It should be fun. Tony's a great guide. I, I adore Tony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And Bill's funny. Now Bill lives here at the church. Oh, okay. And he's another, he's another one that, that works with Julius and, and Bill's doing uh, here at the church on the 31st while I'm at the cemetery and he's a hoot. I mean, the guy, he used to be a comedy writer for Hollywood. Ah, there you go. So, you know, he comes off with this off the wall fun. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. Yeah, where did that come from? How did you think of that? I don't know. It just comes. <laughs> uh, Pat is an improv comedian. So he's uh, my co-host. And, and yeah, that's, that's his brain works in a different, <laughs> a different level with that category. stuff. <laughs> yes. I don't know how they do it. It's, it's too quick. Um <laughs> Listeners, did you know there's a way to share with the world whether you're hashtag team believer or hashtag team skeptic, or for those who need it, hashtag team the middle? It's our store called Ghostly Gear. Yep, and we even have custom ghostly designs like Microclimate or even the Easter Island Massacre or of the Ghostly logo. Just visit our Ghostly Gear store right on ghostlypodcast.com to order your t-shirt, hoodie, mug, mask, whatever. <laughs> okay, okay. I think we got it. Um, they just need to visit ghostlypodcast.com and click on Ghostly Gear to order right on the website and send us any ideas that you have for new merch. Exactly. Order your merch today and send us a pic of you in your ghostly gear. All right. So we're back. Um, man, that was a really good interview you did. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. She uh, does well. Uh, you know, she's obviously talked about this stuff before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, a lot of times you didn't even have to ask her the question. No. She knew right where to go. Yeah, she really did. And she offered a lot of interesting ideas. But kept it brief and concise. <laughs> yes. She did. made a point to tell us that she was brief and concise. Yes. And yes, she did. I really appreciate that. Uh, man, Mahela is a really interesting person. I really enjoyed her energy during this interview, and I've always enjoyed listening to her. Um, when we were on the Hands-On Paranormal event, she... Um, she came across more the teacher role that she does, you know, and, um, you know, was in charge of that audience. I mean, she really, she really had control of that crowd and, um, you know, told us what the day's events were going to be and, you know, what we could and couldn't do. And I like that she doesn't want to upset the spirits in there because she lives there. Mm -hmm. So I, I had one negative though. Okay. John Edwards? Ah, that was a hard one for me, even yeah. hearing it, because I've just heard a lot about him. I have too. I've actually um, heard that he uses people, first of all, that he implants people into the audience, and then also that he um, has people waiting in line with the people uh, that like poses that they're going to be audience members too and ask questions. And then he gathers that information. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I don't know, but I, 
I will say that as, as much as I, I do question that part of it, I, I feel like she doesn't know him necessarily super personally. And for her, she just appreciates the way that he's able to satisfy everybody in the room, oh, which was does. a big part really of that. Good. He is he is a great entertainer. Yeah. And for book club listeners, just a thing, p- pay attention. This is a big part of the book, the idea of how a medium can work a room and how that works. And that's just a, a really interesting um, thought and how much of it is just telling people either things they want to hear or just kind of being able to read somebody just a not necessarily in a paranormal way um but also how where does the paranormal come in yeah that's a really interesting point so what would you say is the point to all of to the seance is it to connect to the dead or is it to connect to the living that's a that is i think the question right and i think she would say in some ways that they're that they are connected, you know, that they're um that they're both there, um, but that that the living is what is kind of the the takeaway for her as far as yeah. a successful seance is one where everyone there feels heard. Yeah. Feels that they've had something um sure. had some sort of experience that was meaningful to them. Well, yeah. Which is when I think, so that was what was interesting to me listening to her say that because when I've thought of seances before, it's almost about like, okay, well, we're all going to sit here and the medium's going to say stuff and we're maybe we're calling for a specific spirit. Yeah. But it could also just be kind of like, let's see who shows up tonight, you know? And it's not necessarily about everybody sitting at the table or whatever, you know, getting a reading. Mm-hmm. I mean, that isn't what I thought of, but it, you know, for her, that is what it is. So it's going to be interesting this month as we go through more stories. Yeah. What is the, you know, definition or is there, you know, kind of, yeah, just to keep that question in mind, I think all month of what is the ultimate point? I mean, what, what do you think? Well, actually, I wanted to tell a story. Oh, yeah, uh, go for real it. Real quick. So when I was a teenager... Um, this is after my father had passed away and, um, um, well, actually, let me say when I graduated grammar school my mother asked me what I wanted for a gift and I said a leather jacket. I was like, no, I want a leather jacket. I want to be cool. Like I mean, all the, yeah. All the cool, Fonzie wore a leather jacket. Come on. I mean, and you're, you know, about the same age as Fonzie, so no. I was 13, <laughs> so Fonzie was 13 at some point, right? Uh, so, yeah, so I wanted a leather jacket really bad, and the one that I found that I liked was a motorcycle jacket. Nice. So picture that. Picture yes. a 13-year-old boy wearing jeans and a motorcycle jacket. Much cooler okay. than me at 13 with my brown leather jacket. That was not a motorcycle jacket. Yeah, well, I, you know... I wanted to be cool, though. So. Yeah. Um, and I used to volunteer at my local YMCA, and I would walk there. And every time I'd walk there, I'd see this sign for psychic readings, right, on this building. So I was very interested in this, um, especially because I had lost my father and stuff. I really wanted to know what was in store for me. 
And uh, one day I was early, so I um, decided to go there. And um, the woman greeted me. She she identified herself as being a gypsy. Okay. Now, I know that's like kind of a derogatory term, but that's what she identified as. All right, then. Um, so... Um, so, okay. And, um, I knew a couple things about the occult already. I was already reading tarot, tarot cards and doing, uh, astrological charts and stuff like that. So I had to be like 14, maybe 15 at the most. Um, and, um, she said that she was a medium and that she would be contacting an ancestor of mine. So I was super stoked. I was like, yes, let's do this. I was a little nervous, a little little scared, but um, you know, for the most part, I was super excited about it. Uh and um she sat me down and uh she uh had her hands on the table and I had my hands on the table and she started to shake a little bit and she's like, Oh, I'm getting I'm getting somebody. I was like, yes, okay. And she said, I it's it's your father. Now I had already told her that I would love to talk to my father, that she ah, was passed. There's the <laughs> rub, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um so she proceeded to tell me, she goes, He knows he knows that you're in trouble with the law. Whoa. And I was like, Well, wait a second. I, I'm not in trouble with the law at all, but she saw this, you know, 14, 15 year old male with a biker coat on in jeans walking in. Um, so her instinct was that I was, you know, that I've had trouble with the law, which I wasn't, I was a really good kid. So that was debunked right there. And then a lot of stuff that she said just didn't make sense, didn't add up. Mm-hmm. And I left there very, very disappointed because. It, to me, it was all just a hoax, that yeah. one thing. But here's the thing. Had she had said the right things, she would have made that connection with me that would have left me feeling like, wow, I got to talk to my father. That was great. It might have actually put me at ease and um, might have made me feel better. You know, So I do believe that the most important part is the connection with the living. Mm-hmm. Because if you could make them feel as if you've done this, this is something that, I mean, people are desperate for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's why, you know, it's such a popular thing that has been... Yeah, sorry for the long for a story. A no, that's a good, that. that's a, I'm not a good story, but a good to hear story. I think it's very relevant yeah. Um and I think we'll we'll hear more stories as we go this month. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody so much for listening. Please share us with your friends and family. Why, Rebecca? Because word of mouth is our best advertisement. Of course. Yeah, definitely. Uh we are going to be talking about the Houdini séances on the next episode that comes out on the 14th. So excited about this one i mean now we're gonna dive into spiritualism skepticism skepticism magic 
and we have it. Oh, it's just going to be, this is going to be, that's going to be a fun episode. Houdini was one of the biggest skeptics of, of his day. Yeah. So he is a, he is a hero of mine. <laughs> no, I'm, I am very excited. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be great. Well, until next time, stay ghostly. Bye. <laughs>